HIV is still an issue in Montgomery County. The more open we're able to talk about HIV, we treat it like any other health prevention. PrEP stands for pre-exposure prophylaxis. People who are not HIV positive, who may be at high risk for contracting the disease. This is a good choice for you. It's just a way for you to sort of take control and say, I'm gonna do this to protect myself. Do it for them, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about PrEP, the HIV prevention medication. Visit doitforyoumc.org. All right, shit. All right. Five, four, three, two, one. Welcome to What's Happening. I'm Brad. I'm Fred. It's a show where we talk about what's happening. What's happening with you, bro? Not much. Just got my butt handed to me in a middle school basketball game. What's going on with you? What you mean? You let some middle schoolers beat up on you? Nah, I coach, but it might as well be the same way because I take the pain the same. <laughs> oh man, I feel it. I'm here at um, I have to come out to Grand Rapids. I got I got to do some work out here tomorrow, so I'm out here tonight doing that. But yeah, we gonna get into the shit real quick, bro. So this week we gonna talk about what's happening down in Phoenix. So have you seen that story yet? Yeah, I definitely seen that story. Um, you know, it's kind of crazy, but at the same time, uh, it's the it's the era we live in. A, a lot more is is more open to us, uh, per se. Right. So for those listening that may not necessarily know, we're talking about. So last week, ESPN dropped the story uh, on Robert Sarver. He's the owner of the Phoenix Suns. Um, Massive story where Baxter Holmes, the the reporter who 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 wrote the story, he uh, he spent about a year interviewing and talking to over seventy people to get the understanding of that. And Robert Sarver, he bought this team back in two thousand four, mm-hmm. and so for seventeen years, it's just been this toxic culture of racism and misogyny and. And basically, you get the sense that um, that people live in fear uh, that that work there on all parts of the business. So this is you know beyond the players. This is you know people that 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 work in different roles within the organization on, on the sales front, side, front office, front office business side, all of that. You know, and and it's it, it's crazy to think about that because you know I always hear the name front office. You know when you hear that, but you know me as a basketball fan and really a sports person in general you don't really hear about many names in an organization like you might hear gm you might hear president of basket basketball operations some some sort of title with that you know obviously you hear about the coach you kind of know some assistant gms exist uh but for there to be like enough people you don't think about like i never thought about the fact that like of course, a basketball team is an organization. It's a multi-billion dollar organization. So of course it has a human resources department, like stuff like that. I, you just, it don't, it, it, it don't make, I don't think about that. You don't think about that kind of stuff. You just, I just- A lot of people think, don't. Yeah, you just think coaches, GM, assistant GM, training staff, team doctors. You don't think about that too much behind that though, but it's a whole corporation basically. Except you know the NBA is not a publicly traded. It can't. Be, none of them are publicly traded, to the best of my knowledge. But yeah, man, it's a it's a big read. I encourage anybody who hasn't read into it, who hasn't listened to anything on it, definitely you know dive in and check it out. I mean, we're gonna talk about it, but I don't think I don't think we have the ability to do 
the, the entire article justice um, with what we gonna talk about. So, I mean, what for you, what would you say is your takeaways from it, from, from everything that you read in there? Well, you know, from what I've read, it, it seems like, and I mean, I get, you know, I'm pretty sure this is a lot of PR and media crap that is spent with it, but my takeaway is, you know, besides what they said, there's really no proof. You know, you got um, uh, Raiders coach who, you know, you got emails from, you had uh, Clippers coach who you had recordings of, you know, there's besides he say, she say, there's really no proof. I mean, but now that we have the Me Too movement, you know, it's, it's easy for anybody to jump on and say, hey, I heard it, I seen it, you know, I was there, um, I witnessed it, or I, I was one to receive that type of treatment, and it's just as good as, I guess, proof these days. So, you know, my, my biggest takeaway is I, I would love to see something actual, you know, factual, like, hey, look, this is, this is what we're talking about, and there's more to it, but you know, just to give you a, a peep see of what we're going after. And, that, and that's my biggest takeaway, you know, far as what he said or, you know, saying, you know, what he's about. It's hard for me in, in that sense, because truthfully, I feel like it's, it's across the board. It's not just him. It's not just that one team. It's just, this is his spotlight this time. You know what I mean? And, and I feel like, it, that's just where it is across the board with almost a lot of it, you know, when, once we touch this subject. Um, so that's why I feel, you know, the biggest takeaway is where's the proof? Because you're out here, you know, we're out here nailing people to the cross, you know, canceling culture, the whole nine. It, to me, we have to have something a little more to, to hold on to. Yeah, that was, yeah, that was a big piece for me is, you know, relative to your point where you said proof, you know, you know, he interviewed, like I said, over 70 people over the course of a year, right? But it was a former basketball executive said this, a former HR uh, rep said this, a current human resources staffer said this, right? Here's what I believe. If you can talk to 70 people, if you can talk to 70 people and these people can say the same thing, these people can say the same thing, these, this person might say something that ties in with this person that says something. I believe it's true. I believe it's true. But having said all of that, I'm with you. If you ain't got tangible evidence, it, don't, it, it ain't gonna mean much. So like something that we gonna end up doing on this show a lot that I know it's just gonna how it's gonna be because it's how me and you are. We gonna end up telling stories about personal life. All right, so story time with your boy. I used to work for, for an organization. I'm not going to say an organization's name, but if you know me, you know uh, some of the organizations that I spent a lot of time working for. So I worked for this organization uh, in, in, a, in a middle high level leadership position. And there was one of my direct subordinates, right? Now, like me and you have worked together before, Fred. Me and you, we've been, we've known each other for 10 years. You know me. And you know that I know my business, right? And right. I know what's going on, right? So I had this guy on my team, one of my direct subordinates, where 
his performance, let's say if it's let's 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 go to the calendar, right? January. January, start off banging, right? Get to the target, get to the goal, somewhere between the 20th and the 22nd. Just killing it, right? All of a sudden, you just see the business just kind of start declining. You know what I'm saying? And we'd finish like at a decent level of goal, but not where we were pacing at based off the start. But sometimes towards the end of January, early February, we start seeing returns. We start hearing complaints, start seeing uh, bad customer reviews come from different resources, right? And in February, business will start off terrible, right? But then by the time we get to the last 10 days of February, we off like a rocket and we wouldn't hit goal, but we get close. We finish at like, we'd be pacing at like 48, 50% to goal, just doing terrible. But then somehow we finish at 93%, right? And then that momentum will carry into March and we start off March on fire and it'd be the same cycle. You get to the, about the 20th, the 22nd, 23rd, right? So what I'm saying, is, that's kind of a long way to say is, is that I knew that there was just me understanding the business. I knew that there was, um, that this person was operating his portion of the business in an inappropriate manner and that it was it was impacting our business, right? Here's what happened though. People would get frustrated with me, like like people below him or or his peers in, in different areas of my organization would be frustrated and would be like, hey, this this dude is obviously doing this and you don't say nothing to him. And then I gotta play the corporate role. There's been nothing reported or anything like that. I don't know what you're talking about. Now, the real me, I know there's something going on, but I can't prove it. But I can't prove it, right? So I got to follow the corporate chain, right? So what I'm saying is, to your point about, about not having that proof, it wasn't until the, this person, he literally messed up with a customer that knew all the ins and outs of what she had going on. And she brought me paperwork and everything. This is how it was. This is when he changed this into that. This is when this became this. I had yep. something like this. I'm doing, she had it all lined up, knew where all her money was going. And when the money changed, she could pinpoint exactly where it happened. She produced tangible yeah. evidence that I was able to operate on. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So like, oh, yeah. that's what it's going to be. So, so I'm 100% like, bro, if 70 people, if I could talk to, I don't care, bro, if I could talk to three people in three different spots and I know like something don't feel, something don't seem right, something don't smell right. You're right. Obviously, and, and like, my, my mama got the same for that. My mama got a saying for that. She said, you can't pay five people to tell the same lie. It sticks and holds true to this day. You know, you, you cannot pay five people to tell the same lie. So I wholeheartedly agree and get, you know, what you're saying. But, you know, and we'll get to it, but they want to they wanna remove him. And, well, you know, See, that's the thing that people don't understand is that it's just people talking about like they're gonna remove him, bro. That the thing that happened because you think racism, like I even made the joke 
when the story, because actually the story dropped like three weeks later than it was supposed to. Um, the Suns legal team said, hey, before you release this, you got to talk to this person. Suns legal team did a bunch of work to, to stop it from, from dropping another, an extra two or three weeks. But um, when the story first dropped, so my first thought was, because you know me, I'm into basketball. Um, DeAndre Ayton didn't get his contract extension. And I'm like, hold on. Aiden ain't going to get his money, and now he wants to – like, I was just like, all right, that's silly. But then I remembered, okay, Chris Paul is on the team, and I made a joke on Twitter. I was like, man, if you want to figure out if you're, if the team owner is racist, just have Chris Paul as your point guard. <laughs> You'll find out because he was, he was in the Clippers situation too. Um, right. But it's not that simple. The thing about Donald Sterling's situation is, is that there was a clear audio recording that it was that man – talking crazy and the thing about it yeah. is that that thing went so viral bro that was at a point where in my life where i almost never used twitter um facebook wasn't as great with, with sharing you know news and things of that nature i literally it was a saturday morning i had to i didn't have to work until later that afternoon and i got up i went into my living room and i'm getting off track got up went to my living room and turned on youtube because uh, everybody else in the house was asleep. And it's like Clippers owner goes on racist rant. I'm like, what's this from TMZ? What's this? Right. So having said all of that, like it just takes a whole lot. And then the other thing too is, is that what a lot of people don't remember is, is that Adam Silver as the commissioner, he banned Donald Sterling for life. But what people just don't understand it. the nuances that the NBA is an organization. It's an mm -hmm. organization that is owned by the 30 team owners, right? And it is right. those team owners that have to get a three-fourths vote. So at 30 teams, if, if you got to vote out, if you vote on Robert Sarver, that's one team out. So out of 29 teams, you need 20, is my math right? 22 of them or 23? You need a, you need a, you need a three vote. So either twenty two or twenty three. You need twenty two NBA owners to say to force him to sell his team. Right. That's the other part, right? Now that's a lot. Exactly, it is a lot, right? Like, and for, for I mean, these are people that again behind closed doors. Let's call it what it is. They probably talk like him, think like him. And have all this kind of crazy stuff happening too, right? Dude, when this stuff happens, I, I would love to see all these people's face, you know, when it comes across the headline. Cause I, I'm just wondering how many people's like, oh, is my conversation gonna be shared? Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, whoa, who's all in this? You know what I'm saying? Cause like I know they're all in it together. It's not just no you know, one-off situation or whatever, you know, and don't, don't get me wrong, there's some great guys that's in the organization as well, because there's great guys in, in the midst of a lot of things, but he, I'm sure a lot of them are, you know, not friends for no reason, Yeah, you know, they, it, it, so it, it doesn't, it, it doesn't shock me if it doesn't fall far from, you know what I'm saying, from yeah. each person. And the crazy part is, bro, is that, like, to that point, there's only, like, I think two names of people that actually went on the record 
in this story. So it was Earl Watson. So first off, this is crazy. This is how the article starts. After the, after the loss, and this is the ESPN article, after the loss, mm-hmm. the majority owner, Robert Sarver, entered the coach's room. Watson told ESPN, you know, why does Draymond Green get to run up the court and say, nigga? Sarver, who was white, allegedly said, repeating the N-word several times in a row. You can't say that, Earl Watson said, who's black and Hispanic. He was the head coach. Why? Mm-hmm. Sarver replied, Draymond Green says, nigga. <laughs> like, I'm just trying to, like... <laughs> I know you try to get some, some context to the dialogue, but... <laughs> but it's just like, just like, who walks in and just says, why can't I say nigga? Like, what? What? I don't, I don't know, bro. That's just... And then, like, that. and then the misogyny part, bro, that one is just, oh, so did you listen to any of the podcast links I sent you? You probably didn't have time. I, I did not catch those. All right. So again, those of you that know me, you know, I'm a basketball head. One of the podcasts I listen to is the Ringer NBA show. Uh, the Ringer NBA show is a, is a mix of shows all in one feed. And one of the shows, probably my favorite basketball podcast is called Real Ones. Real Ones is hosted by Logan Murdoch and Roger Bell. You might remember that name, Roger Bell, NBA player. I think he played 15 years. He played for the Phoenix Suns. And, bro. Right. Yeah, I was about to say, Roger Bell played when, when yeah, they was loaded. With Steve Nash. Mary and Mary Steve Nash. Yeah, Mar- All yeah. Right. So he told two stories that was just crazy, right? Now, one is just like, it just shows that he's a jerk, right? So he was saying that, like, this is Roger Bell, and he said it on on on, on the podcast himself. So I'm giving him credit. Um, he said that you know he was balling. He went for um, he was trying to get a contract extension. They had a meeting. Went for the contract extension. He explained his case. Was like, hey, I'm balling. I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, I'm balling. I would like to get the extension. I love it here. My family loves it here. I want to be here long term, right? And Robert Sarver. Again, I'm paraphrasing and said, you know what? You do it, you you do deserve an extension. And I should give it to you, but I'm not because I don't have to. Just like you deserve it, but I don't have to do it, so I'm just not gonna do it. Like basically, kinda... in other words, you are not the top. nigga <laughs> <laughs> you're not making me my money well like, i don't have to i mean yeah you're balling but just because you're a role player i can get a lot of role players and like i haven't had time to listen to it but another um like i said i'm a basketball head i listen to all the smoke it's hosted by steven jackson and matt barnes one of their earlier episodes and one of their earlier seasons they had amari stoudemire and like, and I feel like when I haven't had time to go back and listen to it, but I feel like Amari was saying that, you know, when it came, when, when 2010 came up and he was looking to get an extension or looking to resign, 2010 is the year that he uh, went to, um, he signed with New York. But if I remember hearing him correctly, it was where he felt like the money was, Phoenix wasn't trying to pay for it, right? So Robert Sarver already has that like known history on the basketball side of not spending money, right? And not paying to keep his talent in tow. So that is already kind of out there. Now, that's just kind of the, the, 
the assholeness of him, right? And I hope I got that Amari Stoudemire story straight. I could be just totally misremembering that. But here's the other thing Roger Bell said, right? This is crazy. Roger Bell was talking about how um, he said 2007, but based off the location, it must have been 2006. Um, but Because but, he said Houston, 2006 All-Star game was in Houston. But anyway, um, he was saying that he was having a good season. He got invited to partake in the three-point shootout in All-Star weekend, right? Um, he gets a call. And again, I'm, I'm, the story is Roger Bell told the story on the um, on Ringer NBA show. Um, he gets a call and it's his wife. And his wife says, I just had a miscarriage. Yeah. So he's got a choice. He can either partake in Houston for All-Star Game weekend or he can go and be with his wife. And like a real man, he went to go be with his wife. Right? Right. Just had a miscarriage. Right? That was it. That was it. That was all said and done. But apparently, sometime later, um, the team is getting on the bus. Raja's on the bus, and his wife is getting on. I think he said bus. Um, and he can see his wife, and she's, like, fuming, and she's angry. He knows his wife. He's like, what's going on? Right? Mm-hmm. And she says that Robert Sarver said to her, you're lucky to have a husband that's willing to leave All-Star Weekend to be with you when you have a miscarriage. Wow. <laughs> Bro. Yeah, I don't want to see him Monday morning. And, and the thing is, is that like, what, what Roger Bell was saying is, is that like, when this stuff happens in real time, it's like, that's kind of an asshole thing to say, but you know, they just kind of brushed to the side. And then Roger was saying, like, even to himself, Roger was saying that like he can't say that he ever heard anything like out of Robert Sarver to that was, or even he had a moment where he felt like Sarver was, was nice. racist. But it, but he was also like, you know, if that moment did happen, I don't know what I would do because you work, you bleed, sweat, and you grind for the opportunity to be in the NBA. And you're not trying to do anything to get kicked up. out. You're trying to stay there for as long as you can, make as much money as you can, build your empire, and go from there. And so, like, and then that reminded me of this other story with the one executive where, again, back to the ESPN, former Suns account executive, David Bodson, I hope I spelled that correctly, an account executive, that means he's a, he's a sales rep, um, said that in, in August 2014, Sarver pantsed him in front of more than 60 employees at the team's ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. Pulled the man's pants down. The owner of the team pulled the man's pants down in a public setting. You on mute, bro. Go ahead. Keep talking, bro. Oh, but yeah, he um he passed him in 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 let me read it again. I got distracted with that. My bad. Uh, former Suns executive, account executive David Boston said that in August 2014, Sarah passed him in front of more than 60 employees at the team's ALS Ice Bucket Challenge. A former senior basketball staffer and former senior marketing employee confirmed this account to ESPN. After the, in the aftermath, Boston said an HR representative smirked and said, please don't sue us for sexual harassment. 
I had no idea what to say. Fox and told ESPN. What does a 25-year-old say in that situation? They say, okay, I was shell-shocked. And as I've thought about it more, every year that has gone by, I've thought about it, it makes me angrier that I didn't come forward about it. My power was minimal in that I had said, and that had I said something as just an account executive, I felt I would have been blacklisted from the industry. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So. <laughs> and that. Unfortunately, not only in the NBA, but across every league, there's stuff like that that happens every day that's swept under the rug, unsaid. Mm -hmm. Nobody comes forth for the same exact reason, whether it's blacklisted out of the organization, no matter how great of an employee they are, whether it's blacklisted out of the league, you know, no matter how great of a player you are, it, it doesn't matter. If you're not the one holding the chips, signing the checks, you you pretty much got to dance by there too. Yeah, I mean, it, it takes a level of, of bravery to come forward when situations like this happen because you, you fear the aftermath, bro. Like, all right, so it's, it's automatic. So, more story time with your boy. Um, same employer that I talked about previously had a young lady that uh, by the name of Chanel. And she, I already talked to her. She know I, I was going to tell her story. Uh, <laughs> um, but, I like something you would do. <laughs> she, um, all right. So she worked on my team as a, as a direct subordinate. And then she got promoted a little less than a year after that and became my peer. Right. And so we we had established a pretty close a close relationship from work that grew into a close friendship and i mean me and her would talk you know what i'm saying every day what's going on on your team here's what's going on on my team hey what's this assignment that the boss is asking us to do what's this assignment that corporate asked us to do blah 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 so anyway uh after about a year of her being in the role there's change above us and we get a new boss right and we're still talking every day like we used to but as we're talking, I'm noticing that my conversations that I'm having with our new boss are very different from the conversations that she's telling me that she's having with our new boss, right? I'm like, huh, that's weird. And then like, I'm noticing that the conversations with, the, with, with our male peers that I'm having 
with my male peers about him are similar to the conversations that I'm having. But she is having a totally different experience, sometimes asking the same questions or talking about the same topics, right? Now, right. again, like she worked on my team as my subordinate for a while. And then um, we worked together. And again, we she was in the role for over a year before we got our new boss. I say all of that right. to say that her behavior didn't change at all, right? Mm-hmm. So I was, I was already suspicious. And then one day I'm working, um, I don't remember which one happened first, but I was, I was uh, on the phone with the new boss and we're, we're having some sort of conversation. Now, this man has a wife and he has daughters. So the best of my knowledge, he has no, he, he didn't have any sons at that point. I haven't talked to him in over a year. Who knows if he had a new baby since then. But in this situation, we're, we're on the phone. His daughter comes in and he yells for his wife to come and get the daughter. And the way that he yelled was clearly very rude, clearly very demeaning. It's not the way I would talk to my wife. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, so, I feel you. So, like, it was just like, huh. I wonder how he talks to women. So then I had an opportunity to go to... Um, so when we got a new boss, there was also some realignment that was done. And um, we had an opportunity... I had an opportunity to go into one of his areas that I had never been in before. Um, there was a, a, a project uh, that we needed to work on and I got to work with the only other female peer that we have, that we had on that team. And so like, we had some time to just like talk one-on-one and I was just like, what's going on? And you know, that look where like you ask somebody what's going on and they like, they know exactly what you mean. What, what you trying to, <laughs> what, you, what you trying to find out? She is <laughs> with that, you know, what, 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 I mean, nothing. I was like, what do you mean? So like, well, what do you mean? I'm like, how how are things? And she's like, you talking about with the boss? I was like, yeah. And then like, bro, everything, everything that like the female that I knew was going through, was going through this female that I did not know that I was getting to know was saying the same stuff. And I'm just like, huh? It's just. It's just different, right? Mm-hmm. I just don't remember which situation ha- happened first, if it was the phone call or if it was the me going out of town, but they were both in a very close time frame, right? Mm-hmm. Having said all of that, that all of that, right? The other part that was crazy was is that um, she, the, the female counterpart, Chanel, uh, the one that I do know, um, this is shortly after that trip is when COVID really took off here in the U.S. and like all the shutdowns, mass mandates, and, and and everything, right? And so that greatly impacted business. We we're working limited hours, and like at this point with with the job, you know, there was a lot of stuff that was happening. Like I, I said, I'm, I'm good at the job, and I, I maintain that I'm the best one that's ever done that job. But at that point business was not looking great and like right. honestly 
like, and I, I said this to Chanel, I said this to my wife. Um, I said, hey, like, I'm probably about to get cut here. The, the salary that I was making, the fact that there was no business happening, um, I also just by sheer luck um, had the fewest, I had the smallest organization under me and it would be easy to break up my organization and split it amongst somebody else. And I said like, the writing's on the wall here. Like I'm probably, mm -hmm. about, to get, I'm probably about to get laid off. And then Chanel got laid off instead of me. That's crazy. So, so the thing is, is that like I say that to say is that when when there's these issues and stuff like that, like you got to speak up, you got to speak up soon, because even if even if you do take the risk, how do I, how do I put this differently? Not if you, it is a risk to, it is a financial risk to say something to do the right thing. But I would think that the emotional risk of staying quiet is probably greater. I'm gonna <clears throat> agree and disagree. Like I I get exactly what you're saying. Like I, I totally understand. And you know, we should definitely speak up nine times out of ten more than what we do. Um, I think, you know, the risk is more than just financial. Um, that risk is, is financial, you know, um, that's ego, self-esteem, whatever you want to, you know, classify that as, um, that can be your longevity, you know what I'm saying? In your field, what, what if you went to school for this, you know, pay thousands for this, and you could be the best at what you do. But, you know, uh, and then, you know, the the risk of, you know, your peers being against you, uh, I, I think it's a bigger risk of destruction, you know what I'm saying, for a person than we feel like it is rewarding. And it's because we've been trained to look away for so long or not to say nothing you know for so long like i i truly believe you know we should but at the same time i think that risk is a lot bigger you know than what the reward now nine i'm not gonna say nine times out of ten but a lot of times you do hear of a great win story you know hey i spoke up i did the right thing and even though i was banned i'm still being blessed or i'm still you know what I'm saying, being looked after. And, you know, that's wonderful. But, you know, do you want to give up what you love doing, what you're great at doing for that? So I'm a I'm a I'm a I'm gonna give you a little bit of pushback to my put to, to your pushback. <laughs> because I still think that, that 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 level of thinking is just it's short-sighted. We hear about these great turnaround stories, right? We mm -hmm. we also probably don't hear about the, hey, this was just a big misunderstanding. I didn't mean it like this. Stuff that gets caught up early on. Bro, I'm just remembering a situation. Again, here we go. This is what's going to happen, right? There was a point where 
um, I used to work, used to work a little job. And uh, when I worked this little job, um, there was a girl that I was, I was saying stuff to. Now I wasn't saying nothing crazy. I wasn't saying anything like crazy at all. Like when I say crazy, like I wasn't being blue. I wasn't being disgusting. I wasn't being insulting, but I was being inappropriate, right? What happened was she, she said something, right? Now this is, this is like 2007, right? And I meant literally nothing behind the stuff that I was saying. But I was 20 years old and I was stupid, right? But she said, hey, Bradley saying this stuff, it got to me like, hey, you need to chill out on this. And I was like, oh, I'm, oh, 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 right? So what I'm saying is, is that like, sometimes, and I'm not trying to say that like, I'm not trying to defend Robert Sarver at all. But what I am saying is that sometimes that like, if you got to give people a chance to correct themselves and not, not saying things makes it worse. So like. Okay. So when you say, say something, hold on. When you say, say something, are you saying say something publicly or are you saying to say something back to the person that said something i mean what, like Honestly, i mean I, no like this stuff is not this is crazy <laughs> because like these people were going to hr and hr was saying hey there's not really anything i could do for you right hr didn't have any soul in in this situation right that which is crazy in and of itself i gotta imagine anybody that works for hr anywhere that's dealing with with that story that reads that story is just going crazy but what i'm saying is is that like i guess what i'm saying is is that most people most people are generally good people right and if you say hey you made a mistake most people are gonna say Damn, my bad. That was a mistake. Let me let me let me do better going forward. And that'd be the end of it. Nine times out of ten. Right. But like. There are going to be some people that are that go unchecked. Right. And when I read how Robert Sarver was able to run this organization for 17 years, largely unchecked, that tells me that he spent most of his life largely unchecked. That tells me that. Well, of course, when you when you live in a community that's not going to check it and that sees nothing wrong with it, you know, um, and or they do the see something wrong like with it, but you. they don't speak. Well, no, because all of them look like him. All of them, you know, what I mean, dress like him, walk like him, talk like him and his folks like so they don't see anything wrong with it. You know what I'm saying? This is a everyday thing. It, it's not you know, oh, I just woke up like this. Oh, I just thought of this. You know, that is the joke in their community is why can't I say it? They say it. You know what I mean? Like that's, so when they say it amongst each other, like I'm a, okay, like you said, personal stories. So, you know, I'm not proud of everything I've done, but growing up, you know, we've done some, some dumb stuff and 
you know, one of those things is, you know, calling, um, I wouldn't say somebody like Sarver, but, you know, uh, somebody that's in his community, but feel more down to earth with our people, you know, and we would call them to our neighborhood and then, you know, we would rob them and whatnot and, and take off laughing. And when you go through their phones, oh, you see it all the time. It's normal conversation, you know, using the N-word freely. You know, if you, you know, probably took two or three of their phones and just looked at messages that stem between there and their really close buds, wouldn't be nothing wrong with them using it in between there. I bet you see it a few times, more than what you ever thought you would. But you don't know those things because, you know, you don't have access to their phones. You're not looking through them, you know, daily. You're not reading their text messages with their close friends that, you know, that they used to hang with every day that nowadays that, you know, they talk to on rare occasions because life is what life is and it's different for each and every one of them, you know? So I I say you you can't, you know, we can't just say, you know, uh, he's unchecked you, you know what i mean because he's not in a community to be checked he's just you know last 17 years has been in a probably more diverse community to be checked you know because nba organizations is not like everyday life you know what i'm saying like you know uh tell me when the last time you sat down and just talked with, you know, the the president or, or general manager, or the owner, say you will, of your company that you work for. You know what I'm saying? You don't yeah. you don't do that in everyday life jobs. So, you know, it's different because the owner that you know you work for probably sits down with Mr. Sarver and different people like that. That's why they have business booths and suites at, at their different forums and whatnot at, at their, you know, centers for games and, and what have you under their business thing. They, they you know, sit in millionaires row at the Derby and different things like that and bump elbows and talk with one another. We don't get to do that. So you, you don't know what, you know, they're talking about. They're, they're not always been in a, a mixed culture, you know. But see, our, that's not where I'm, where I'm disagreeing with you on, because all of that is right. But what I'm saying is, is that like, it don't have to be people like me and you to say this is what's right and this is what's wrong. Like, even people that are filthy, stinking rich that own basketball and football teams and things of that nature, but that work for them and, per- and work directly under them, all these kind of people know the difference between right and wrong. Right. So I know, like. What I was saying about being largely unchecked, I'm talking about mostly like a young Robert Sarver, like a teenage young adult Robert Sarver that probably needs to be checked. Then, like how I got checked when I was 20, right, with with that little situation that I was working with, right. Like that's that's what I'm saying. But like even today, where like the the his CEO and and president comes out and says, "Oh, I've never." known Robert Sarver to, to, to say or, or to be anything like this and whatever, blah, blah, blah. 
that might be true. I don't believe that is true, but it <laughs> might be true, right? And what I'm saying this is that even somebody like him, like to not have the courage to say, hey, you shouldn't do that. Like, that's not okay. And what I'm saying is even like HR staffers to not have the courage to say, hey, that's not okay. This needs to stop. Like, that's that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it's incumbent upon everybody when you see something wrong, say something, right? And I, I guess that's just me. I just always- No, you're that. right. You're, you're 100% right. And that's, you know what I'm saying? That's why I say I agree with you 100%. I know it's easier, but I guess I guess I like Raja said, you know, in the moment, mm-hmm. it's way harder. Oh yeah, and then and then trying to come back on it, you know, it it's probably even harder than what it was if it would have been in the moment to react. Hindsight is twenty twenty, right? And and that's what I'm saying. Like I recognize it's easier said than done. Sometimes sometimes shady stuff happens. You don't even realize in the moment just like how ridiculous it is i was thinking about that when i was driving out here to the hotel um um this little job i took back in 2009 um it was supposed to be like it was a marketing job and it was dude was like yeah we we work with these businesses and and clubs and we do promotions for all of these high and stuff and i remember dude was like yeah we work with high-end restaurants like buffalo wild wings and i remember thinking at 20 <laughs> I remember thinking <laughs> at 22 years old like oh man because to me <laughs> wait to me whole little homie from the hood Buffalo Wild Wings was an upscale restaurant because in the hood all we had was McDonald's Burger King White Castle and KFC you know what I'm saying <laughs> and I was thinking about that when I was driving over here like man you was dumb as hell <laughs> you ever read what went off you said high restaurant. like i mean you go get bottle service at the table or something I right. Say. right beer bottle service you know what i'm saying <laughs> a bucket <laughs> but yeah like so like i don't want to take away like being naive and i don't want to say that but what i'm saying is is that you can't tell me i mean the man that owned been on the team for 17 years. I don't know how old the man is, but I, I saw him. And, and that was going to be my life. next question. Like, as a matter of fact, I'm going to just Google it. Like, I can get the answer now. He he got to be in this. I must say he, best case scenario, he in his mid-50s, but I think he in his 60s. Um, but, like, um, that man ain't lived. He is 60. He is 60. That man ain't lived for 60 years and ain't never came across nobody that didn't know right from wrong and didn't know how to check him. Everybody was scared because bro had money. I'm going to put it to you like this. You know, you you know me. You know what I'm saying? You've seen me. You've seen me in action. You know what I'm saying? Working with, you know, various people, especially when we worked together. We was in an area where you know, some people just didn't want to really work with you. I don't care what you're talking about, what you know, how good you are. Just just because of the color of your skin, they like, uh, I don't want to work with you. You know, and, and you was able to win over more than me, you know, but it's still, it still is rough. Like, and I mean, I still find situations like that. When I moved here to Kentucky, I was running a Dollar General. And I kid you not, a lady, older lady walked in, 
And I had knew about this situation prior to it because she's came in before, but basically because I have background and, and cell phone experience, the older lady, she had to be, you know, probably late 60s. Her mom was like probably easy early 80s maybe mid 80s so she's trying to get her little track phone going nobody can add minutes on it she's been to like five stores bought the minute card from one of our stores and i mean she comes to me i was like oh yeah no problem just give me a second let me clear out my line and once i don't have no customers i'll go ahead and help you so i help her i get the minutes on so i guess i was off work she comes back you know to get more minutes she's like i ain't going nowhere else it's the only person i'm going to so one of my employees asked me, um, they said, hey, boss, how you do it? So what you talking about? They said, I, I couldn't be you. And I'm like, and I'm, don't get me wrong, this is probably a little country white girl about 5'2", weighing in at 85, all 85 pounds, you know what I'm saying? Like, Tiny. <laughs> yeah. And she's like, I just couldn't be you. I'm like, what are you getting at? Like, ah, it's in the night. I'm like, you're tripping. She's like, no. She's like, I just, people talk to you crazy and you just act like it don't phase you. I'm like, oh man, it really don't. You know what I mean? People going to say what they say. Some people was born in that era and that generation and they just, they, you know, they can't deal with it. She was like, yeah, I don't care what you're talking about. What? First person call, come in and call me little colored boy. It's going to be on in here. All 85 pounds of me. <laughs> so I'm like, what are you talking about? She said, yeah, you were gone the other day. And the lady come in and said, hey, is a little colored boy here? And she said, I just like, I didn't know how to take it. I was like, man, I was like, don't worry about it. Just people, how they are, how they are. Very next day, I'm working. We backed up the middle of the store. And I'm working the second register, helping out the front. And I hear, hey, is a little color boy here? And, oh, no. <laughs> and, and I'm talking about you would have thought the whole store froze. <gasps> in, in a, in, like, like that. So she stepped back from the, her register, look over at me and said, <laughs> and I was like, uh, I'm right here. She was like, yeah, can you help me with my phone? I was like, I mean, you can come around here. And you can wait till we done with these lines. And, you know, once we done with these lines, I'll help you. Colored. Man, I'm ringing out customers and folks are just looking at me all strange. Like I'm from another planet, you know, just can't fathom this, this young black man just standing in here. It's probably getting called customers in this dollar just general. living it, your life and call a little color boy and i mean folks i'm ringing them out they get their groceries and stand to the sidewall and i'm looking at folks like, the heck is they, they want to see this bro they, <laughs> they just knew this little color boy was gonna jump the counter and just suck a bunch of old lady because the way they standing around <laughs> And I mean, literally, I just, I, she got the phone card, I rung her up, put the minutes in her phone, told her to have a blessed day. And they just like, oh, man, you something special. You, you, you're one of the sweetest people I ever met. Like, and they just was astonished. It's like, I, I just don't know how you could handle it that way. But some people is just literally 
was in that that era, you know, and it sucks. It ain't like they should get a pass for it or nothing of that nature, but you know, what what could you do? Like this this little color boy still had to feed, you know what I'm saying, four kids at home. You know what I mean? At mm-hmm. at the time. You know what I'm saying? And, but and, and that's the part where I'm saying like somebody had to speak up, but why they have to it, it don't have to be you. It don't have to be you. It could be all the other folks that's in there that's ready for the <laughs> world star fight. Nobody, nobody could have stepped up and said, ma'am, you could have called him a gentleman. You you could you could call him, you know, not colored. Um you you could mm-hmm. ask you could ask what his name is. You, you could do that, right? So like that's where I say like like accountability is on everybody, bro. Like so what I'm saying is is that like it is, but it, I'm not I trying, mean this has been happening. And I feel since- like I feel like I'm I feel like it might sound like I'm victim blaming. That's 100 percent not what I'm trying to do. What I'm saying is that this man Robert Sarver, again, all of these accusations are alleged, but I'm telling you, if you got 70 people saying saying stuff about the man, I believe it, right? I just do. Right. What 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 mama say, you can't pay five people to tell the same lie, right? You can't. <laughs> so what I believe, or, or what I what I believe is, is that this man has been saying and doing wild stuff for somewhere close to 60 years. And because he got money, he'd be getting away scot-free with it. Or he been he been able to live his life peacefully because he got the money to either people fear him too much or he's been able to buy his way out of trouble in the past. Something to that. Let's just put it like this. He he controls your livelihood. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? He he pays for, you know what I'm saying, that $2.5 million condo that you can live in. You know what I'm saying? He pays for that lifestyle. And, and when somebody, you know what I'm saying, is paying for you to be able to do, you know, first-class trips and, you know, if the team wins a championship, everybody getting rings and, you know, all types of different little nuances that come with, you know, saying getting paid a salary that, you know, people get paid around those places for, you know, depending on whatever you do, because it's still, you know, quite generously higher generally than normal people in those type of positions. Yeah. You know, so it's hard, you know what I mean? And when you, when you think about it, it, Ain't too many people gonna really give it up just to speak up. It, it sucks, but it's yeah. it's the reality to it. You know, I think we're we're pushing closer to unfortunately um, seeing just when those folks die off, it'll it'll eventually be you know better because you you have a lot less. You know, I used to believe that. It ain't about what folks dying off because these people is raising kids to think and act the same way. Yeah, that's a whole nother. That's a whole. (laughs) Ain't got time to dive into right now. Um, So, if you haven't take the time to read the story on ESPN, um, there's plenty of basketball podcasts over the last week that that have talked about it. so there's a lot of information out there. You can probably find some YouTube uh, segments on it. 
definitely look into it. I mean, the NBA, they have hired an external firm, do an investigation into the organization. We'll see how this turns out. This ain't going to be like next week. It is going to be done. This is going to be weeks, probably months before we see any kind of result and then subsequent fallout from that result is because the story is just people telling, right? Again, I believe a, a lot of these stories. I, be, I believe that there's truth in the story, but without that tangible evidence, we'll see what happens. We'll see what the NBA can dig up. And then based on what they dig up, we'll see how um, how they react to it. But yes, if everybody keep following it and, and staying in tune, because if not, it'll get swept under the rug. Like a lot of other things, it'll be a, hey, what happened to that? Going to Google and still looking at articles from November <laughs> 4th. Yeah, see, we'll see. But yeah, man, that's that's really what's happening down there. Like I said definitely uh, to the listeners, you know, take some time to, to read into it, look into it, listen, listen out for it, and keep your head on the swivel, right? I, I would say my biggest takeaway is, is, man, like I said, for me, speak up, report it, and then move from there. You know what I'm saying? Like, for me, I get it, but you, you can't buy me. You, you can't. That's just, I'm sorry. That, that's just me. What else you got, bro? I'm with you. Everybody take a look, see, dive in, chime in, send us feedback. Let us know what you think on it, yeah. how you may think it's going to turn out. You can send the feedback to all our socials at what's happening. What's is W H U S A. I can spell. I, I messed it up on the trial. <laughs> at what's happening. W H U S H A T T N I N. What's happening. You can find us on Instagram, on Twitter, on Facebook, on TikTok. Um, that's what's happening, bro. I'll see you. Uh, I'll see you next week. See you next week, bro. All right. Leftovers or the DMV or house cleaning or Chumba Casino always brings the fun. Play over a hundred different games online for free from anywhere. You could redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. Live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. We were prohibited by law. T plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.